We're just now coming into the, uh, the last panel of the day that actually has three speakers. Three speakers on it. I have to make apologies for my voice. And it isn't because I talk too much. Don't say that. It's not. It's because I've got a cold. <laughs> okay. Now, this, this uh, panel is called People, People, Culture and Country. And, of course, we've been talking about that already. But the three people who are now talking on this panel, I think uh, they're, they're, they're educators. They're all educators and their expertise is in talking to us about the importance of those connections between uh, Indigenous people, their culture and their country. I'm very thrilled indeed to introduce to you Paul Spearham. Paul is an elder of the Gamaray people. Um, he's uh, an activist and a great thinker. He's a man who's steeped very deeply in his culture. I myself personally am an indebted to Paul for things that he has taught me and uh, I'll let Paul uh, continue to, to let you know more about himself. Thank you so much. Bulului, Buliagu Yamagar Ninda Naiga Wilengaleji, Narage Naya Yanadi, Bidwe Gabon Gunigul, Bume Narage, Wirwe Gambu Nay Yulaji Yugul, Yambul Ninda Walabe Dawan Gambu. Good evening. My name is Winningaleji, and Winningaleji in my language means to speak from the heart. I come from the big light of the Bumai, or Bumai, and Wirrawai clans of the Gamilara Nation. My song, dance, and stories are my connection to my sacred lands. I would like to pay my respects to the Gadigal people for allowing me to grow up as a young boy and stand here now as a man in their sacred lands. Within the Gamilaroi Nation, my Nama, mother's sacred lands are Bume people, and my Bubba's father's land is Gumbu, which is the Wirraway people. Wirraway people were the people who were killed at Mile Creek. And at Mile Creek, there is a plaque, and it says, Gi Nuramba, Wallabanale, Wirraway, Gamiliagu. From time immemorial, the Wirraway tribe of the Gamilaroi lived here caring for the land and harvesting the animals, fish, root, crops, grains, fruits in a seasonal cycle. The identity of the Wirray derived from their spiritual relationship with the land. And where I come from in Gamilaray, I have to take my father's land, and that's Gumbu, and that takes me back to Wirraway. Now, for me personally, what happened at Mile Creek Massacre in 1838, my grandfather was around at the time. My father was born in 1898. So when the massacre took place, my grandfather and, and other clan members of Wirraway took off. Because this was premeditated murder. These white people that committed this crime were talking about this for months and months and years and years. Okay, we found gold. Okay, we found precious gems and coal in this year's sacred land of the Wirraway and Gamilaroi. Let's get rid of this mob. We're bringing our sheep, our cattle, and our mining. This is the legacy that I carry today, that my grandfather couldn't stand on his country as a Gamilaray man and say, hey, 
you first illegal people that come to my country, you have to seek my permission to come here as Gamilaray people or as non-Gamilaray people. And one of the deadly things here today is I've got cousin here, Steve Porter, uh, Talbot, sorry, and I'm going to ask him to come up and join me as well because myself and Steve and his family and my family and a lot of other people have been fighting for over 20 years against the mining companies in Gamilaroi. Because what people have to understand is when they came from Sydney inland in the 1800s, like I said before, they discovered gold and coal and all this sort of stuff. So we've been fighting this battle for a very, very, very long time, my grandparents on both sides. You know, and what, what, what these white people that invaded our land, the illegal people, when they came into our country, they didn't acknowledge our country. And this makes me emotional because, like I said, about that massacre site there at Mile Creek, and everyone heard about Mile Creek Massacre. It became famous because it was the first time that white people were actually charged, convicted, and hung in the white courts. So it went down in history. And like I said, this is a legacy that I carry. You know, I remember my father putting his head in my lap and, and crying and going, boy, over there, that's where it happened. But his father did the same thing to him. My grandfather said, boy, that's where it happened over there. So we had these illegal people coming in, killing our people for the same thing, for the land. All right, for my yumble, for my yugal, for my yugal, for my eulogy, for my dance, songs and stories. They won't worry about my knowledge or my connection to that country. All they were worried about is what they can take from my land, what they can do to my land, to my mother's land, to my father's land. They weren't worried about us. What I'll do is I'll ask Brother Stevie now because what people need to understand, like I said, in Gimilaroi country there now, there's over 45 plus mines that are operating in Gimilaroi country. And these 45-plus mines, a lot of them have been there for a very, very long time, you know, over 30, 40, 50 years. And over the last 10 to 15 years, a lot more mines have come in. You know, and it's a sad indictment on, on Australia when everyone stands back and won't say, OK, I can see the destruction and what's happening to your culture because what makes me Gamilaroi, what makes me a member of my family first my clan and then my nation is Gumaloo Bidwi. Gumaloo Bidwi for me is creation. Gumaloo Bidwi means before the big light. Now I'm not saying that what I believe in, if we want to use the word religion, Gumaloo Bidwi, is better than Catholicism or better than any other religion in the world. I'm saying that Gumaloo Bidwi for me is who I am. That's my creation, that's my law. Because out of Gumaloo Bidwi, we get our songs, our dance, our stories, and our connection back to Gumbel. Because if we think about it, the word Gimilaray, Gumbel means no, array means having. So before Gumbelu Bidui, we had nothing. Nothing. And then Buja, our almighty creator, come along and said, here, I'll give you Gumbelu Bidui. And out of that, we got Gumbel, which means no, and array means having. So we call our law Gamalu, because that's what we got. Because in Gamalu Bidui, it takes in everything. My stories, my songs, my dance, the land that I'm standing on in Gamilaroi country. Because it is everything to me 
my 12 children, my nine grandkids, when they go home, the first thing they do, and Sister E was saying, when she goes home, you know, roll in the dirt. I get that mission dirt on me. I'm happy. I know I'm home. Boom, straight up. You know, and I'll sing my songs, and I tell him, old people, hey, I'm home. Boom. And see, what people need to also understand is that, you know, one of the ways that we're going to win, and, you know, we've got Brother Adrian there with Adani and Sister E now, we've got to push that culture. We've got to make sure that they acknowledge the existence of Gamalu Bidui, of my Gamalu Bidui, of our Gamalu Bidui, of our creation, of our law. And if we keep pushing it, we're going to overcome this evil, which is called the mining industry. And like I said, there's 45 mines in my country. And all they're thinking about is profits. They're not thinking about the effects it's going to have psychologically on my grandkids. They're not going to be able to stand on Gunagunu uh, country and say, OK, I remember grandfather used to stand over the hill. There was a ceremony ground there, wasn't there? Or over there, there was a women's birthing place. Or over there, there were some grinding grooves. And a mining company has dug all this up now. It's gone. So my grandkids are going to be carrying that evil legacy that my grandfather carried when the first white people came to this country and said, look, we'll kill these people. We'll take, kill them to take their land. Boom. Yeah, uh, just Steve Torbert, I just want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we're on today and also the elders past and present. I uh, just... Like, we've been around with mines up there, especially Moores Creek in Canada in regards to Aboriginal culture and heritage, and I've been around with government and also national parks since 1983 in regards to taking control of our own culture and heritage. Um, I represented elders that are 75 and plus. I mean, I'm 53, I don't class myself an elders, and yeah, some people think that an elder's status comes with a given birthday. But anyway, um, you know, we've had a Section 9 and 10 under the old ASIC Act in before um, the Environmental Minister, Mr Hunt, Section 9 of that Act is for temporary protection. Section 10 is for permanent protection. Now, there was 11 sites identified on the Whitehaven Moores Creek project. Ten of those sites have been destroyed because Mr Hunt has sat on, the, on his hands on it. Him and Scully were passing it back and forth because they didn't know whose portfolio it was. There's one site left and we recently got a letter from Mr Hunt and he asked, what are the impacts that are going to be on that last site? Well, hello, it's an open-cut mine. You know, and I thought he was educated. <laughs> now we go back to Shanwa. It's a Chinese-owned mine. They're going to mine for 30 years. We've got a major site there. You know, there's other sites outside. It's not just about the grinding grooves. There's other, you know, there's burials, massacres, there's, you know, camping sites and all that on this particular mining project. And, you know, they're talking about taking these grinding grooves away and bringing them back in 17 years and, and putting them back. You know, how would they feel if we went over there and start tearing down the Great Wall of China and said, don't worry about it, we'll put it back in 17 years? I think they'd go into war over it. But, you know, we've got elders that turned around and went before the PAC, the, the commission you know, that gives the final approval. Now, these elders cried at that site. These are elders that are 70-odd plus. You know, they cried and begged them to protect them. 
Now they've turned around and got approval. The Environmental Minister Hunt has got a section 9 and 10 on those particular areas. And yet he hasn't determined and, he's, and they also gave approval for the mine. So we don't want to go in museums. People talk about going into museums and, and having a look at Aboriginal artefacts and that in a museum. You don't get the feel for it. You yeah, go in, you right. have a look, you talk about it. We want to be able to take our kids on country and let them feel it here. Not walk around in some museum, and, you know, and that's what frustrates us. And like I said before, you know, they go on about the scientists and archaeologists are the know-alls and see-all of Aboriginal culture. They don't come and speak to our elders. They don't speak to the traditional owners from those areas, you know, to get the stories of the areas. They think everything's got to be physical, but it isn't. And you know, we've been told for over 200 years what to do in regards to our culture and heritage. We've you know, our elders weren't allowed to speak the lingo. Uh -huh. You know, we weren't allowed to give it past, you know, show the kids or anything. And here we are now wanting to take kids out on site before they blow the guts out of it, and we're not even allowed. Yeah. You know, it's just frustrating. You know, and people don't realise it took them another hundred years to conquer the Gummeroy people when European settlement came. This is the area, this is like a war memorial to us. Aboriginal people from the Gumaroi Nation, where these fellows retreated back, sharpened their spears and that, ready to go into the next battle. You know, we had Aboriginal people that fought in the wars, you know, for, for Australia, for every Australian. And this is our war memorial for our worries that are passed, and we're trying to save that from a Chinese mine. And we're turning around and going to take stuff to the United Nations. We are going to turn around and, and take New South Wales and the Australian, the Australian government to court uh -huh. in regards to our human rights violation in regards to culture and heritage because the, the previous government was signing off on Aboriginal culture and heritage at 87%. The Habit government is signing off at 100%. We also, I, I know, you know, we turn around and we've got the National Congress. Not all those people are on there you know, are up to date with Aboriginal culture and heritage. A lot of our so-called leaders, Aboriginal leaders, are selling us out as Aboriginal people. The New South Wales State Land Council is also selling us out as, state, as Aboriginal people. Because we're looking at taking the New South Wales State Land Council to court for the breach of the New South Wales land rights because they have an obligation to Aboriginal culture and heritage. To me, yes. I don't put a price on my culture and heritage. To me, there's no price. It's in here. You know, and I want to save something where we can turn around and show our kids and their kids and leave the country alone and let them walk it like our ancestors did. And, and, that, and that goes back to Steve. <laughs> Thanks, my brother. And see, that goes back to, you know, the destruction of our land, you know, like Whitehaven Coal, you know, that's, that's a, a major uh, coal mine in our area. And surrounding Whitehaven, there's four other mines there, and they were the ones that dug up, you know, the, the women's birthing grounds, you know, our sacred uh, initiation sites, men's and women's, and, and they dug up these grinding grooves from there. And what these mongrels did was they, they took these grinding grooves out and concreted them in to the local town. You know what I mean? And, and what they don't realise is... is We'll if you go to Brockabrye Park, if you go to Brockabrye Park, if you're ever out that way, and you go into Brockabrye Park, 
Over here they've got an old steam train. It's got a big cage over it so no kids can climb on it or, or anyone put graffiti on it. They've got the grinding grooves and just sat them on top of a slab, but kids have jumped on yep. it, broke the grooves, all the gravel and that underneath is starting to fall away. Now OEH is aware of that, so that just shows you how much respect they have for Aboriginal culture and heritage when they just plomp it in the park as opposed to European heritage. Yeah, and see, that goes back to what I was going to say, you know what I mean? If people realise the importance of our, you know, the, the cultural significance, you know, the importance that goes behind those grinding grooves, and, you know, now we've got little kids jumping on these things, you know, all us blackfellas are not going to go in the church and jump on their bloody, you know, what do they call it, with a follower in the funny white suit stands up there and does his talk. We're not going to go and desecrate those sort of things, you know what I mean? And one of the things there also about these mining companies is in the billiger there now, you know, we've got you know, Santos, you know, and Santos and, and these mining companies are so bloody evil. You know, the local police force there blazoned on the side of their, their patrol cars is Santos. You know, their patrol cars have got Santos. So, you know, and this is ridiculous. And this, these are the fights that Steve there now and his, and his dad and, and a lot of our mob are having down there. We not only have to deal with the mining companies and, and the state and federal governments, but we're, we're fighting against the police force itself. You know, and what Sister was saying earlier, it, it's pitted me against relatives of mine and first cousins that are on this native title body and that are signing off. You know what I mean? And that's what this evil mess of the mining companies and the native tile and all this has done to our people. It's turned us against each other rather than us all thinking about Gumaloo Bidui, about our creation, about our law, and about where we belong in Gamilaroi country. Because at the moment, everyone's just worried about this rather than thinking about your G and your Dua, your heart and your soul. Because from your heart and your soul, your G doer, that takes us back to Gumalu Bidui, rather than the money. You know. Well, I just, I was just listening to Paul. I just want to tell, tell you something. What's happened out there too? I mean, why they even turned around and had police force galore? They had their own police force. I call it. We had elders that wanted to go out on country. Now they didn't advertise about the road closure and that. Next minute. They had mugshots of everyone that was associated with the Gummeroy traditional custodians that were standing up for country on a wall in Narrabri Police Station. Now we wrote letters, uh, and these elders, some of them had never ever been in trouble, and here's their mugshot sitting up in the wall in the police station at Narrabri. You know, now we went to uh, the ombudsman and everyone about that, you know, and yet nothing happened to those. I and mean, why was they are up there, you know? Our degrading to our elders is that, but you know, when they've turned around and abide by the white man's law all their life and have their picture up in a, on a mugshot in the police station, it's just. We know we're not going to get a fair go in Australia in regards to culture and heritage. They're watering Aboriginal culture and heritage down around every state in Australia. When, you know, unless us, us as Aboriginal people, Turn around and take control of our own culture and heritage. You know we're the ones that know it, 
Not the white men. We're sick of it. And I'm not being disrespectful to those non-Aboriginal people in the room. It's, it's our culture, it's our heritage, and we should be the ones to determine what's important to us, not some archaeologists or anthropologists or anyone. And I'm not being disrespectful to those anthropologists in the room. But at the end of the day, the decision should be ours. Absolutely. And another, and we're just, we're just throwing off each other now. Now, what, what it is, I'll, I'll tell you a funny yarn. My father there now, uh, an anthropologist and an archaeologist, went to him in, in the 1960s. And he was sitting down with these 11 other old lawmen. And these men were talking about the next ceremony that was going to take place. And this archaeologist and anthropologist walked up to them with a microphone, oh, not, not a microphone, but with a tape, and saying, okay, you've got to tell me now about what you're doing here. What are you doing here now? Tell us about what you're doing. And these old fellows are going, oh, shit, what do we do? So these two men all threw off, you know, my father included. He goes, oh, no, I don't come from here. Then he started speaking Gimbangi language. You know, another fellow started speaking Waka Waka language. Another fellow started speaking Wiradjuri language. You know what I mean? Now, this tape is in IHS at the moment. And these 12 lawmen, when people listen to this tape, they go, oh, shit, I thought they were proper Gimilaro lawmen. But because they threw off, you know what I mean? They were protecting Gamalu Bidui. Because one, these white people never had permission to come into their circle. Two, they weren't initiated into Gamilaroi. Three, one was a woman. And they come there asking these lawmen, oh, tell us this, tell us that, you have to. You know, and this tape is there now, you know what I mean? And that's a, another indictment on a lot of our history. You know what I mean? My father couldn't say these anthropologists and archaeologists' names. He used to say, never trust people with long names. <laughs> you know? And he said, said that to us all the time. And so about 10 years ago, when they started doing the, uh, the reports for all the applicable answers for the native title, they come to my house in Brisbane. They said, oh, Paul, do you know this family, this family, this family, this family here? And I said, oh, who's this for? They said, oh, it's for Gamilaroi mob. I said, oh, yeah, right, my family's here, blah, 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 like this. Then I found out later it was for another nation. You know, that borders Gamilaroi country, and I'm going, I should have listened to my dad. Never trust people with long names. You know what I mean? But these are the tricks that these people play. I mean, and I'm, you know, forgive me if I sound like I'm disrespecting a lot of these anthropologists and archaeologists, because a lot of our family, black people, are anthropologists and archaeologists as well. But they have to go in there with that understanding of knowledge of that nation. That's first and foremost. Because if that woman and man were initiated and they were Gamilaroi people, them old people have said, yeah, okay, come into this circle. Or that girl, you go over that woman's circle there and you sit down with them. And the information that is there in IHS now could be totally different. Because a lot of these historians and anthropologists and archaeologists, they misappropriated our stories, our language, our culture, our songs and dance. And now the mining companies are using a lot of this history against us to support the mining companies in what they're doing to our land. I mean, th th that is terrible. You know? And as uh, someone was saying earlier, we've got our own knowledgeable people 
We don't need these anthropologists, archaeologists, lawyers or whatever to deal with us. You put our Diligars and our Yinigars up there, our lawmen and lawmen up there, they can talk for us. They understand what that site is about. They understand the story and their belonging to that particular area. Why not give them that respect and hold them in the same esteem as you would a sage, a professor, a doctor or Gandhi or whatever? But our elders are not seen in that light. They are just seen as, oh, that old fellow there now. I thought he was a lawman for Gamilaroi. Oh, what about that lawman? But these are the things that we have to push as people who are on the ground fighting for our sacred sites. We have to push the understanding of knowledge and connection to our country because it'll work. And I've been saying this for over 20 years, you know, to a lot of people in Gamilaroi country, that if we push our cultural existence, that's going to make us stronger. You know, it's going to build our G and Dua, our art and soul, to the point where, hey, I will stand on that there rock there now and fight for Gunaguna country and stop Shenhua from taking this land and destroying it. Because that's what we have to do. We have to make sure that our understanding of who we are, and again, I go back to as a person, as a member of a family, a clan, and then a nation. Once we understand those things, then we know who we are as Gamalu Bidawi people, as Gamilarate people. And that's what gives us the power to stand up against evil giants like this. You got something else to say, my brother? Good on you. Because we're standing up for country and our heritage and that out there, I mean, they turn around and label us as, you know, activists, troublemakers and all that, you know. Well, if that's what they want to call us for, sticking up for something that we believe in, our culture and that, then so be it. I've been called worse. (laughs) And what Steve's saying there now, a really sad indictment on a native title body in Gamilaroi country about two or three years ago. I started putting out a lot of our traditional stories, songs and dances. And the native title mob, through their lawyer, NTS Corp, took me to court. So for a year and a half, they were fighting against me, saying, oh, you can't do that, you can't do that. And I go, who the hell are you? You know, you're not my law people. You're not my mum, my dad, who taught me these songs and dances, my grandparents. These, these stories, songs and dance belong to all of Gamalu Bidawi. Not you as NTS Corp, as a representative of Native Title, or not you, the Gumaro Native Title body. So for two years they took me to court. Finally they threw it out because a lot of the family in Gamilaroi started to say to mate, you can't do that. Because if you do that to this fellow here, who's a caretaker of our songs, dance and stories, and I agree with Steve there now, I'm not a hilter, I'm just a carrier of song, dance and stories, like my father was, like his father before him and so on. But we have got a battle on our hands, you know, and like I said before, This evil has turned family against family. I've seen family members, boom, 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 do this stuff. You know, men, women, aunties, grandmothers, you know, grandfathers fighting against each other because of the sides that the native title corruption has created on our people. It's that divide and conquer again, you know, and 
we have to stand up as one, as one Gumaloo Bidui person to another Gumaloo Bidui person to say, hey, come here, my brother. Come here, my sister. We can beat these mob. Before I finish up, I've got one little thing. Yeah, 10 minutes. Oh, okay. I can go all day. But this is just a, a, a little doco we did, you know, about five or six years ago. And like I said, within my family there now, we're, we're carriers of story, song and dance in the Gamilaroi Nation. And myself and my baby sister and, and a lot of our nephews and nieces joined us on a, a tour around the Gamilaroi Nation. We went into all these different communities and said, look, here, here's your song, dance and stories. They've always been here. This is a part of you. And this waterway here we're looking at now, this is called Boobra Lagoon. And this is actually on one of the pills now. There's already been earmarked for coal seam gas. But this is the centre of Gumaloo Bidui. This is where Buja, the almighty creator, boom, came there, along with Guria the crocodile, right there. This is our most important sacred site of Gamilaroi. And like I said, it's already been earmarked to be destroyed. So all that water there is going to be drained. And there's no waterways that flow into it. This year comes from under the ground, through the seven rivers, through the aquifers. I'll just play for a bit. Our fathers of wisdom and our mothers of mothers of Send us this song, tell us this story, and show us this Oh, sorry.
Okay, so that was a little video we did years ago, about 10 years ago now. And one of the good things that happened with this is um, myself and my family, you know, managed to take along on this tour about 25 young kids from the age of 14 up to, oh, the oldest was um, 65 at the time, came along with us and were rejoicing in the, in the, in the understanding or knowledge of, look, I'm Gamalu Bidui. And it goes back to my point again, if we have to push our cultural connection, I hate that word, cultural connection, we have to push Gamalu Bidui to make sure that people understand when they come into my country, they're not only dealing with me as an individual person, they're dealing with all of Gamalu Bidui. All our people, all our songs, all our dance, all our story and all our clan groups. Have we got any two questions? One question. Well, see, Shenhua, and, and as Brother Steve was saying, you know, that's already been approved. Shenhua is actually a government-owned mining company. They've already been approved to come in and mine on our land. So, I mean, that um, Steve might be able to give a bit more accurate information, but as far as I know, that can happen soon, sooner rather than later. Yeah, it's been approved at the federal level, but it hasn't been approved at state but the thing is, Minister Hunt's got a section 9 and 10 on in, in his hand. I mean, he hasn't determined that, so therefore how can he turn around and give approval at the federal level when he's still got to consider that? So, you know, he's probably already determined it by saying, yeah, approve the mine, because he's got the section 9 and 10. Yeah. And see, what people have to also realise is that over the last 10 to 15 years in New South Wales especially is, you know, I mean, we all know about all these state and federal politicians that are all under investigation now. And a lot of those investigations are centred around the Gamilaroid Nation and all their approvals of these mining companies that have happened. You know, so, of course, Minister Hunt, who was our local member, and, you know, they're going to approve these mines willy-nilly, you know what I mean? I'll just let you in on something. The Moores Creek mine, the amount of politicians involved in the Moores Creek mine is beyond a joke. You've got an de ex-Deputy Prime Minister, which is Mark Vale, who's one of the big heads of it, and a lot of the politicians that leave government now take up posts with a mining company or, or Santos. Some of them have even gone to Santos. The Shanwa project, you've actually got Australia's version of ICAC over there. They call it a different name. I can't think it off my head. But the big heads that are involved in the Shanwa mine project are under investigation over there. So, you know, why is our government dealing with people that are under investigation in regards to the misappropriation over there? All right. Uh, thank you so much. All right. All right. Thank you very much, anyways.